the family of a local teenager says she never would have left home without calling. It's praying for the best. I want my daughter home, man. And if she can't come home, I just want to know where she's at. These posters around the towns of Livermore and Jay beg anyone with information to come forward. Posters that Richard puts up every spring, never losing hope. An arrest in a nearly four-decade-old cold case thanks to cutting-edge DNA technology. The arrest happening exactly 39 years to the day. When Parabon Nanolabs used that sample to create 3D models of the suspected killer's face. It's heartbreaking. We miss her, and we're going to find her. We're going to keep looking until we do. It's like a never-ending nightmare. It doesn't end. It keeps returning and coming back. All right, and we're live. Thank you, everyone, for joining us, and thanks to everyone who's watching this back as a recording. Yes, thank you. So tonight we're joined by Bradley Williams. Uh, he is a crusader for justice and a friend of Jeremy Alex, who disappeared April 24th, 2004. Good evening, Brad. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. So, and it's funny because we were just talking about this, but tell me, how did you first meet Jeremy? Well, it's a, a, a family of friends. A bunch of kids lived in the um, Waldo County, Belfast area. There's a bunch of hippies. And Jeremy is one of the ringleaders. And, um, <laughs> and he, was, he was at all the parties and all that. I was quite a bit younger then. And, um, and he, was just, um, he was just a beautiful kid. And um, he, I used to give him free guitar lessons. And he was left-handed. So we'd sit in front of the full-length mirror in the bathroom, and I'd give him left-handed guitar lessons in the mirror. That's how that's I got. Cool. To know, that's how I got to know Jeremy Alex. And there's Jeremy. Yeah, he looks like uh, quite the character, Jeremy. Yeah, he he was he's quite the he's one of the finer human beings I've ever known. He's just one of the sweetest guys you've ever met. It's just a, a shame what they did to him. So let's uh, <clears throat> let's go a little bit into that sort of what what we sort of know about what happened, uh, sort of leading up to, to him disappearing. Well, I I I was there the oh let's see the following Monday morning <clears throat> for the official search party. And I got there and there weren't any cops, no officials, no park rangers, no dogs, no helicopters, nothing. Well, that was and, the official search party? Yeah, at the official search party. And so um, <clears throat> uh, a lot of people don't know about me. I'm, um, I was a founding member of a support group called Parents of Murdered Children. My, I lost my twin brother years ago. And, oh, wow, I'm uh, sorry to hear that. So I, I'd been active with that. I, well. I'd been inactive with that for years when Jeremy came along. A lot of people don't know why I'm so passionate about Jeremy's disappearance. Well, that's why um, I, I lost four family members to, to handgun violence. And so um, so I'd love to see oh, a justice for Jeremy Alex. Absolutely. But um, 
at any rate. Um, search party. So, oh, the search so, party. Yeah. At so, the, before the search party happened, what what do we know happened up to the point where Jeremy disappeared? Well, let's see. There's Saturday, Saturday, and let's say I'm getting bad with the numbers. Um, Saturday was the day he disappeared, and the phone calls were made to the police. Um, the police were dispatched to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Jim Monkell's house out on the Pound Hill Road, and this all happened on Saturday, and uh, that's the, the 24th. And I believe I noticed a mistake, the little poster that you made that you sent me, that you texted me. Yeah, I, so that I had got wrong, that. That had a wrong date on it, I do believe. And I got that off from uh, state police posting oh, about yeah. the case. And, and I went, now how could they get the wrong address? And yeah. there's some misinformation I, going on. Yeah. And I did fix it in here. Um, like when I introduced you and, and down underneath here, I, I did change this 24th. But yeah, it was the yeah, 24th. Cause... And then the 26th was the day that I got involved. <clears throat> and I was, I was really pissed off when I saw that nobody was helping look, look for Jeremy at this point. They had about, well, all of his friends were the only ones there. It was, um, 7 30 8 o'clock on a monday morning and only jeremy's friends were there they were a bunch of hungover hippies walking around the woods yelling jeremy jeremy and in his van was his billfold full of money and his car keys and all kinds of stuff and i i'm going is this is this like a principal crime scene what what's going on here Right. And so I got in my truck and I drove down to the sheriff's office. I walked in there. I was pissed. And I uh, used to recite the names of all the cops that were there. Merle Reed, Mike McFadden, uh, John Ford. Um, let's see. I, I'd have to give a little thought to get all their names. But there was a big crowd of cops sitting there. And one of the reasons I was there is because I actually had credibility back then. Because they all knew I was parents to murdered children. You know, mm -hmm. if somebody, you know, were tragically bereaved in Belfast, um, the cops would have thought of me, you know, well, you know, maybe Brad can help them out. You know, that I was there um, because I had a certain amount of credibility because I was a founding member of Parents of Murdered Children was why I was even allowed in the room that morning. And that morning I went and I said, I said, you guys are going to look really, really bad if Jeremy Alex winds up either dead or worse. And um, I said, I said, you got about 30 hippies going over what's probably your primary crime scene right now. And that's when they sent Merle Reed and Mike McFadden out there. And that's when I, um, I, I knew Merle Reed, my, well, um, Merle Reed's my cousin. And he's my own cousin, and I knew him well enough to know he was up to something. So I, I followed him that morning. I followed him over to Jeremy's house, and I saw him with Jeremy's billfold in his hands. And that billfold was taken out of Jeremy's van. So I know for a fact that the cops took the Jeremy's billfold out of his van on Monday morning, took the money out of it, and uh, planted the billfold on the shore at Saturday Cove. And I'm I'm an eyewitness to that, and I've been swearing to that for years and years. And I think I was actually on on a news report too at one point where the news report is showing the van and the 
police department talking around it and they're sitting there holding his wallet right news report and so we're 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 approximately on i don't know if you can see that the map very well here so we're looking close to where the upper bluff road meets pound hill road right roughly where uh on here was that that uh that his van was well um keep backing up towards route one back up this way yeah and right where your arrow is right there is about right here and uh back on the other side of the street right right in there if i if i'm not mistaken is about where his van was and okay. there's, there's this giant cell tower there now it's like the, the crime scene disappeared and this, the biggest cell tower in Waldo County popped up in its place. Well, I'm wondering if maybe the, it, would this have been it here? Because it looks like there's a clearing here. Looks like there was a, a wood clearing happening down there or was it? Oh, okay, that 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 would probably have to be it then. I'm visually impaired. No, no. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so maybe, maybe around here because it does look like there was a bit cleared out here and there in the process during this photo of clearing a right. bunch of land yeah. out here. That, so. looks, that looks more like the area where Jeremy's van was parked. Okay. okay. And that same morning, I'm the one that called all three news stations and Channel 7 was the one that showed up with Amy McHugh from Channel 7. And um, I do believe that they filmed Merle Reed and Mike McFadden getting the billfold out of Jeremy's van. So I believe there's enough evidence extant right now to throw Merle Reed and Mike McFadden in jail for the murder. Well, you got to have corpus delecti, right? You need a body. But they, they're up their ears on it. And I'm not saying alleged. Well, I normally don't say allegedly. And um, because I... Um, I, I'm inviting discovery from these people, but um, right, it'd be it'd be a two-way street, right? You could then see what they know. Yeah, but right. So, so the Sunday Cove. Let me see. I just want to get that down. So that's way yeah. down here. I I'd have to yeah I'd have to um, put on my reading glasses, get in here, squint. No, no, it's it, it's fine. Um, yeah, so that's closer to like the the middle of Northport there. So that's. How far away are we from that? A little bit of ways. So from the cove. Yeah. Is that nicest pond there? Yeah, we got about about a mile distance as a as the crow flies from the cove to Right. But to to me what's more interesting is up there above the Pound Hill Road. To is, the left. Uh, where Mr. and Mrs. John, Jim Monkel lived for years, and they're the ones that made the original call on Jeremy Alex. And the police were originally dispatched to the Monkhill's house. And the Monkhill's are still waiting for the police to show up. Police still haven't showed up. And, wow. Uh, and so it's like, um, and I, no one will even ask the cops, how come you guys didn't even show up at the Monkhill's house? It's, I mean, it's just obvious to me what happened. And So for the, the people that don't know what happened, can we go back to the day he went missing, what his state of mind was, where he was going, what he was doing? Well, the, the day Jeremy went missing, I hadn't seen Jeremy in, oh, it's been quite some time. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, we were a little bit <laughs> estranged. <clears throat> um, all, all this I'm doing for Jeremy, Alex, uh, the last time I saw Jeremy, he was working for me. And... Um, 
he kicked over a can of paint in a customer's yard and um and he flipped me both birds <laughs> so last time i saw jeremy alex he was walking down the road away from me flipping me both birds and i had like a four hundred dollar mess to clean up and, then, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> and and i'm not putting him down i mean i love the guy dearly but so i got I, someone i got someone asking what color was the paint do you remember that was bright titanium white i do remember what white. color that was i remember exactly where that was right. but um but um and um and the same the same guy that i was painting with uh was that saw that little episode the person that uh dragged me into when jeremy disappeared um let's see um i think yeah i think they both quit that day <laughs> and on sun sunday evening um i i call him my friend ed bear he's a really nice guy in belfast and um i haven't talked to ed and since jeremy disappeared but Ed called on Sunday evening. He said, Brad, um, this is real important. He says, uh, Jeremy Alex has disappeared. And has he been, have, have you seen him? Has he been at your house? You know, it's, it looks like there might be foul play in all this. And we're really, really worried about him. And that's how I heard about it. And so that's how I got roped into going to the um, search party the next morning. At, I agreed to go down there, I think, at 8 8 a.m. the next morning is when I got involved. So uh, I, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm glad I did or not, but I think one mm. of these days we're going to find out what happened. But oh, well, hopefully, it's been a 20-year crusade for you, huh? Yeah, because he's he's now he, he was how old at the time when he went missing? Oh, he was 23. Oh, yeah, he was young, and he, he was, would be 47 now. Yeah, something like that. I probably wouldn't even recognize him. <laughs> but, Crazy. Uh, so, um, and Laura, I do have a question on here. So, Laura's a medium. Um, she asked if you know if there's any significance to the color red. What? She asked, what about the color red? She asked if there's any significance in the color red. Not that I'm or, aware of. Or is and, there a body and, of water close to them? But yeah, they're they're right on the ocean there. Right on the ocean. There's nice, a I'm nice up there too. On Saturday cold. Just um trying to think anything might be red down there. Not right off the top of my my Maybe head. it was she said maybe it was but, his favorite color. But um but thank you for your concern. I, I, the, there is another comment here actually from Kara saying thank you so much for doing this podcast Bradley I've been waiting so long for this I believe you keep speaking your truth well th thank you for listening um, not too many people know the story and they certainly they don't get the truth here in Maine it's um, the, the, the media up here is so bad it's the, to me the, the reason Jeremy Alex is still lost is because the media hasn't lifted a finger. I've sent them all the evidence. I've sent them everything they need. It's the biggest story in the state and they won't run with it. What can you do to, you know, to make Reed Brower get off his ass and, and run the story? You know, I'm swearing these things under penalty of perjury. You know, they throw they can throw my ass in prison if I'm lying. If I'm lying, I'm dying. 
and and they won't they won't do a story saying this guy's swearing under penalty of perjury that the cops had, were involved in the Jeremy Alex killing. It was um you know it's the media's fault ultimately. It's the to me the big failure is the media. Well, that it, and, it's it's kind of hard to get answers if you're not asking for answers, right? Right. Like if you don't talk about something, then no one's going to know about it. So mm. we're really thankful that you're you're here to help try and yeah. share as much information as you can about it. Well, you're welcome. You see the pile of stuff I've mailed out over the years. <laughs> this mountains of stuff regarding Jeremy Alex and and nothing. <clears throat> and another thing, I sent a letter. I sent a mailing to all 70 judges in the state of Maine with evidence and saying, please, the, none of the district attorneys will help. The police are involved. I've got evidence. I'm swearing that I saw them do it. Says, please. And not one judge answered, said, have you tried Pine Tree Illegal? And so that's 70 judges and not one of Unreal. 70 judges in the state of Maine had the decency to answer this. And this was not a cheap letter. This thing had the C this thing had like CDs and affidavits and all kinds of these were stuffed with evidence, you know, admissible in a court of law. And well, I'll I'll send you my address and send me a copy of all that. But um I've got I got quite a pile. If you're in the Belfast area, I'll let you look through everything I got. Yeah. Um so with so with yeah, with, with with Jeremy, what do we know happened earlier in the day with him? Um, he was he was moving that day, wasn't he, with his girlfriend? Well, I hear so many stories. I don't know which ones of them are true or not. And um, now I knew I knew um, his girlfriend quite well. I knew them both pretty well. And um, as far as I knew, they weren't moving. And I was actually there on. Um, Saturday, no, I'm sorry, Monday was the day I saw the cops with the billfold. And um, the, the cops had torn the place apart. It was in complete disarray, but it didn't look like Suzanne was moving out her pressure cooker. Yeah, it, you know, it looked like the cops were vandalizing the place. It didn't look like she was moving out. Was so fine. do we know what they were? the cops were looking for? Well, they had it in their blue rubber gloved hands. They had Jeremy's billfold with all his cash. And uh, there's one story that I um, keep hearing that I have a tendency to believe. I, I know for a fact Jeremy is growing magic mushrooms. And um, I, um, when, when he was taking, when I was his friend, I used to, tell him you should go easy on that stuff um back then i tell him you got a good thing going here you could pay the rent for the rest of your life if you keep this on the down low and and do it smart and he he wanted to be mr big he wanted to escalate things and grow larger and larger amounts and become he had aspirations of making lots of money growing drugs and so um that's 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 downfall. <laughs> Do you know what the what is the laws on growing mushrooms and stuff? Is there any laws against psychedelic um, mushrooms? 
Well, in Maine, I'm, I'm pretty sure there are. Um, I think they just legalized it in Colorado, California, maybe. Colorado's always going to be first in that stuff, huh? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, yeah. So the, the, the night that he disappeared, so he was he was seen near the, that couple's property, and, and he had made some claims that some people were after him, right? Oh, that, yeah. Well, that some bad men were after him? Let me go back to the story I started to tell about growing the magic mushrooms. Yeah. The story that I heard, and there's a certain amount of credibility to it, is that this was a, a big robbery and that um, Jeremy's business had grown to the point where he was growing about $100,000 $100, a month in magic mushrooms. And so, um, and there's uh, somebody from New York State that was coming down once a month with $100,000 and buying the mushrooms off of Jeremy. So once a month, there was a transaction, which was $200,000. 100,000 cash and 100,000 in mushrooms. That's a big transaction. Yeah. And my theory is somebody was, was had their eyes on Jeremy. You know, and I believe that's where the police came in. I think they knew that the, the shipment was coming in, the money was coming in. I think the whole thing was a police set up from start to finish is, is my take on it. So then what would have caused Jeremy to behave the way he did? You think that somebody got oh, to him and at, at the monk elks at, at uh, the monk elks house. Um, now I, 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 I knew the monk elks quite well. Um, he's in the roofing business. I was in the chimney business and we were good friends, Jim monk Elt and I, and, um, let's see, lost my train of thought, but, but um, Jeremy came out of the woods into the Monkhelt's yard, but he knew the Monkhelt's. They mm -hmm. were uh, Mrs. Monkhelt was his high school teacher, and uh, he had done some work for Jim Monkhelt, so he knew these people, and uh, he had a very large amount of cash on him, which would kind of corroborate my little theory on the on the big robbery thing, and he said really bad people were after him. And Monkel said, well, we'll help you, you know, come on in, we'll help you, but, you know, and Jeremy took off running it. That's the last time anyone saw him. And then those of us that were out looking for him, the police gave us the wrong directions. They told us the wrong side of Route 1. They said that he was spotted on the, um, mm on the other side of route one go, so, go over there and waste your time over there yeah they, they really did and there's you know so they sent 30 40 people to to the wrong woods searching for jeremy one day so so the whole thing was pretty screwed up uh yeah patricia's asking you was this in maine it's in uh northport maine as i was gonna say something else yes um, Oh, she, she was just asking where it was. Yeah, we told you yeah, Northport, Maine, North 2004. Port. Yeah. So yeah. what are some of the stories you've heard? I know that, you know, I've watched the video you have on YouTube where you interviewed um, DJ's father. I'm trying to think what his name is now. Lynn Scott? Oh, uh, oh uh, it'll come to me in a second. David uh, Lynn Scott, right? Yeah. Um, let's come back to him. She okay. and I heard, heard one. It's from... Uh, um, 
a well-meaning local person um, told us he, he knew where Jeremy's body was. It was in the bottom of a well on an island. And so um, now I'd been to that little island before and I've gone. I don't think there's a well on that island. But um, I figured it's a good excuse to take a canoe ride anyway. So we went and rented a canoe and took a little canoe ride. Went see see if we could find Jeremy. Of course, there was no well on the island or anything. But um, have you heard any stories about him being placed in a barrel at all? I I haven't heard the barrel story. Um, so uh, that that same lady who mentioned. Uh, I was thanking you for talking about this. She said, uh, you know, you're welcome. The girl who lived downstairs uh, for me refused to talk to anyone, basically locked herself inside after Jeremy disappeared. Um, so I'm assuming that, Kara, did you live in uh, Northport at that time? Um, and she also says, I always believed that she knew something more happened to him and was fearful uh, herself, maybe that she had information. I'm not sure. Well, that's I very interesting. I um I got a um what was an email from my um blog spot. I don't get many replies and but I got one and this guy said, You've got the whole story right, all except for one thing. He said I was there. He said it was a four by four post. It wasn't it wasn't a two by four, it was a four by four post. And I got this um elaborate letter and you know the things electronically signed like you know the police should be investigating this thing this guy you know writes me a letter saying he was there he's got first-hand knowledge of jeremy alex murder yeah and there's nobody i can take this to um the, it, you know if i give it to the cops they'll lose it <laughs> you know it's like but um and there's just um that's just one example of many um I've, I've gotten just over the years just dozens of anonymous tips you know and you know they they should have the cold case guys all down here they if they were serious they they could solve this yeah why day. why aren't they um yeah. amy says there's a person who has openly told people when he's under the influence that he was a part of it so i think that's happened a few times so, whoop. What did I just do? Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. I just hit something. Oh, no, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't have anything. Well, I guess, yeah, so w what do you think? So he came out of there, and he was he was a bit erratic, right, out of the woods at the at their house and said he claimed that, like, bad men were after him, right? What, what, do, you, what do you think about that? Who do well, you think I, the... I think he's obviously tweaked. I think he was probably eating a little too much of his own product. But here's here's what I think happened. I think um, that the, the police were dispatched. The, the sheriffs were dispatched. I believe my own cousin, Merle Reed, was dispatched to the Monkhell's house. I don't think he made it to the Monkhell's house. I think somewhere along the way to the Monkhell's house, Deputy Merle Reed, while he was on duty, this is my theory, it's just, you know, from years of people, you know, telling me all this stuff and trying to figure it out and doing my own detective work. Yeah. Sounds to me like Merle Reed and his buddies caught up with Jeremy on the side of the road, killed him and took his money. 
And uh, that's what it sounds like to me. And if that's not true, then why the hell did Merle Reed not show up at Jim Monkell's house and explain to him what was going on? Right. And with the having the wallet the next day, you right. seeing that he had the wallet and then it not being found, it being found like a mile away from the last place he was spotted, not in in the van. Was was right. the wallet found or was it just his money oh, and his oh, the, ID? The wallet, the wallet was found with some wallet was found too. with some cash in it, with some waterlogged cash. And so, um, let's see, I had a point. I was just gonna make <laughs> my thread again. Sorry, I probably sidetracked. Yeah, we're, yeah there's, we were. <laughs> there's so much to it, but oh, um, well the the police officer that found the billfold located on the shore that sat on somebody's coffee table for two or three years before an off-duty police officer uh, happened no, to see it notice jeremy's driver's license in the thing now jeremy's poster had been on the telephone pole in front of that house for three years yeah why yeah. they had to have heard his name before yeah it's like that that doesn't make any sense at all and um and then there's the other one uh what was it um just never made any sense at all to me it Hopefully, he'll come back to me before the show is over. But um, now, his have you spoken to Jeremy's father? Were you no, friends I with his dad? Um, Jeremy's dad seemed to have lost interest, and he, he seemed I I think he lost his will to fight. He just um, you know um, we all react to things like this differently, and. Um, he didn't have much fight left in him. Um, I think he's you know, just pretty much drained and demoralized and all that. And um, there, there's a, um, there's, there's a time there where I, I felt abandoned by him because I was, you know, there's a long time where I was the only one doing anything, and he had resources that he wasn't, he wasn't using properly. I thought, like he could. He could have gotten a lawyer. He could he could have compelled a um, a lawsuit um, to investigate t my charges. He he could have um, taken my affidavit and um, and and all that money he'd raised with Jeremy disappeared and and taken care of taken care of business and um, he chose not to and so he and I um, haven't spoken in years. Yeah, I've seen a couple of different videos of yours where you go and try to speak to different uh, community leaders and they all just kind of try to ignore you, right? They don't give you the time of day or they ask you to get off the property. and like, oh, oh, yeah. They, they they don't want to hear about Jeremy and Alex, that's for sure. But, yeah, there's, there seems to be by far more more of your stuff to find on information online about this than just searching the web like there's not news art the news articles is all like the same regurgitated stuff it's all like copy and pasted information and it's very short like there's there's no details about this anywhere well and then there's a part of the story where the police absolutely got roasted for the the corruption and their ineptitude 
they just blew it so badly. The state police came in and said it's the worst handled investigation they'd ever seen. They took it over and everyone thought, hallelujah, now we're going to get to the bottom of it. And they pretty much just closed the file on it that, at that point. And hallelujah. I don't, I don't know if you saw that video of mine about the um, clandestine cop graveyard in Northport. Have you seen that one? Yes. And um, that's where the, the state trooper wouldn't identify himself. And that that guy's like the lead detective. It's Jeremy Alex killing, and uh, and he wouldn't even identify himself to me uh, when I'm in the courthouse saying, "You told me you're involved in this. Now tell me your name. Where's your business card?" I had it all on tape. I still got it all on tape, and um, and that's the other reason that Jeremy Jeremy hasn't been found is the cops are up to here. They're all in on it together. And um, so all, all you have to do is watch that one video. To what what connection is in on it? He's in on it. So what connection does this case have to the band fish? Well, there's the band fish thing happened. Um, in 2006, I became friends with the drummer for um, fish, John Fishman, John Fishman. Yeah. And um, we became, for uh, about a year, we became very close friends. And he started a band called Touch Pants, which I consider child porn. And so I, um, I told him, that's child porn. And I got pissed off about it. And um, he, he sued me for liable, for calling him a pedophile, because... I, I say touch pants is child porn, and it is. It, it depicts um, prepubescent children in rape murder situations, like in windowless vans. Check out, Jesus. Um, check out the band Touch Pants, and then and let's do a show on that. My heart's pounding now. But, but, but it's the band Touch Pants is what connected um, um, the Jeremy Alex killing. To the band fish it's the touch pants connection and it's, it's basically saying that cops know what's going on and they're covering that up as well that right they're, they're taking they, care of them and so um and so and because it's an ongoing legal thing on that uh the libel thing i can't say a whole lot about it but it well i wish i'd known that would have brought it up <laughs> well we um well go ahead go ahead and um check out touch pants and then, then, then let's talk. You should do a yeah. show on touch pants. You want to do a show that'll get somebody's, everybody's attention. Nobody knows about touch pants yet. They've done everything in their power to keep anyone from finding out about touch pants. Touch pants. Heard- it's a new genre of child pornography invented by John Fishman, and it's his, it's his side project called Touch Pants. And, right. and it's forty eight songs about molesting children and it's a it's a new genre of child pornography and it's, it's still being it's still being adjudicated and um and so I'm, I'm not supposed to be talking about that until it's it's all over and done with but but it's you should do a story on touch pants uh kara says she was cousins with my roommate 
Oh, who's who's she talking about? Oh, probably the the girl downstairs. Uh, I don't know. Jake McClure was one of the roommates. He was shot by police in Jefferson a few years back. I think Jeremy was part of his circle. What was the guy's name? Jake McClure. Jake McClure. What town did he live in? It says he was shot in Jefferson, so I'm thinking maybe Jefferson. Seems like we, we ran across that name once before. Was, um, I'll have discussed it with my wife. Who was, yeah, who was, the, um, there was a Tucker too, right? Involved with uh, DJ's murder, David oh, yeah. Scott Jr.'s murder. Yeah, um, was it Rain? I think there was a, a Raymond, if I remember correctly. Um, but, um, but that DJ Linscott Jr., his dad's the one that came up with the, the maps and the the, cra the the crazy story with the crazy dates. You, you've seen that video. Yeah, he's saying July 4th, 1986, and it's obviously April right. 24th. I and, can't say, I think I screwed up the date too, so I shouldn't. Yeah, and <laughs> his um, cognitive abilities are declining, um, so he, he won't be a witness. Um, very credible with us very much longer uh unfortunately for um david lynn scott he he's actually a nice guy and it's, it's tragic what happened to his son it's the same cast of characters same cops same everything um and um the cops investigated and um it was they called it justifiable homicide and and the guy um walked and um and it's just it, i that's one of those at some point i have to say I've, I've heard enough there there are more stories like that around here that's just um if, yeah. if you listen to all of them you go crazy um i i lined a chimney i lined two chimneys for a couple um oh what is it, Ledacre Hill or something it was called. And um, they, they were peripherally related to Jeremy Alex's case, and they were both murdered in their house. Um, that was about, oh, six or seven years ago. And um, as soon as it became obvious to me that it wasn't directly related to Jeremy Alex thing, I just had to say, I don't want to hear about it um nancy barlow said um it's been said that lillin scott's son so dj got killed because he had the map because uh, he had the drugs the the map as to where jeremy was maybe oh, oh well actually um it was dj lynn scott the old man senior is the one who gave me the maps now those maps there's more of those maps than just um meets the eye uh, DJ Linscott Sr. did not draw those maps. The guy who drew the maps signed those maps. And they're also signed by a female um, woman whose last name happens to be Philbrook. Oh, uh, Cameron Philbrook. Um, a, a member of his family, a female member of his family signed these maps. So these original maps have two, two signatures on them. One okay, so 
one is a Philbrook, and the other is the guy who who was originally shown the bodies by the prime suspect. And as soon as he got back to his car, he grabbed a pen and drew a map. And he, he, he the story he told me, he said, I, I can't believe the guy took me in the woods and showed me where all the bodies were. He said, I don't know why he showed them to me. He said, as soon as I could, he said, I, I sat down, I drew, uh, I drew the two maps. And that's, that's where they came from. That sounds so weird to me that he draws a map, signs his name, the girl signs a name. Like that sounds like a conspiracy theory type thing you'd see on a, a movie or something. Yeah. So they, they drew the maps, a, but, the but didn't do anything with them, or well, yeah, no, no, um, like an insurance he policy. That he gave them to the state police, but then, <clears throat> then he gives me what appears to be the originals, and so, um, so I assume he didn't give give anything to the state police. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's a guessing game. Or if he did, they probably lost them or something. Misplaced yeah, them. But, and well, remember his son had just been killed and he, he's just been through all of that. So, yeah. So it's, it's quite a story. Um, I wish Ann Rule or one of the better true crime writers to come in and, do a number on this one it'd be a hell of a read have you um i know disappeared covered the story a few years ago have you reached out to like anyone else like dateline or any of those guys to see if they'd come in and cover his case uh oh nope got it back we had an incoming call there we go oh. <laughs> Sorry about that. so where were we we can hold. Go ahead. <laughs> we're fine. So, right. so let's see. Where were we? Oh, I had asked. Um, I know disappeared. Did a, they cover the case on their show? Um, did Dateline? Right. Have you reached out to Dateline or anyone like that to see if they'd come uh, in? No, I, I think I've emailed a few of them, but never gotten any replies from them, and um, which always surprised me. Um, you know when there's so much to it it's such a great story i mean um just just from a journalist point of view i can't believe you know some young journalist hasn't made this their pet project and just you know poured their heart and soul into it because there's so much to it and at and there's a prize at the end you can actually you know mm. prove who did it there's enough evidence there that if it were actually published in a book, it would probably lead to a conviction. That's that's you know. We could we could write a fictional story and just change <laughs> the names by like one letter or something. Um, I I I just um, and um, you know, I, all, all, I, all, where's all the prosecutors? Yeah, you know, I, I went in the prosecutor's office. I, I, I'm I. Well, the clandestine cop graveyard video that you've seen, I'm in there saying the guy, the guy's like a child pornographer, right? And and the cops are like murderers, and you guys are railroading me. And yeah, you're you're the problem, right? I was the problem. But um, Nancy Barlow says map takes you up Beach Hill Road past where Cameron used to live and around the corner to the big road in Northport. That's correct. Yeah. 
So, all right. So that's exactly where the map yeah, brings there, you. There's two maps, and they're they're beautifully drawn, and they're um, the the other map is just uh is just a, like a road map to the house to the to the Beach Hill Road, and I was just just really impressed with how well the guy could draw a map. Um, you know, that in itself, you know, said dealing with a you know really a pretty intelligent witness. He was he was drawing there. I, there were contour lines. You know, <laughs> really, don't draw contour lines on a map. Yeah, to show different uh, heights and land, right? Yeah, he he wanted to show the contours so people could go back later and find the bodies. Only problem wow. is nobody wanted to go back, follow the contour lines, and find the bodies. But um, and um, I I I'm still thinking that there, there's probably still evidence out there. There probably is. There Got another comment here. It says, "Is every Everyone is scared of Cameron and knows the Belfast police is crooked ASF. Uh, State police is connected to by having family connected. I live in Belfast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, they're all in on it together. Every last one of them. Um, w- one of the names involved with Jeremy's case also has been mentioned in the case of Charlie Resch. Are you familiar with that case? Yes. Um, what, what was the name of his uh, his well, name was Char- Charlie Rush. Yes, I, I know who that was. I believe um, Charlie Rush was um, involved with a young lobster pound family. Uh, Madison, we, we covered his case with his niece, Madison. She just commented, she said, Dateline never responded when I put in both Jeremy's and Charlie's names. So they didn't call her back. Right. But um, I, I believe that, um, yeah. There, and there's there there are some things that can be done and it's um there's um it's a it's a notary process it's like no one will listen to my affidavits i can swear to on the face i saw you know the cops doing these you know with jeremy's billfold and all that but um no one will do anything but there there are processes where you can force things like that to work like you serve them with the affidavit, and then if when they haven't responded within seven days or whatever the statute is, um, th- now the notary contacts them and says, "Hey, look, this person needs to have an answer to this. Are you going to respond to his affidavit? Yes or no?" And and if they don't respond to every point of that affidavit, they're guilty. And um, so there are other processes to to get these, you know, to get the crooked officials. And this, so, um, and uh-huh. that's people are going to have to do in Maine to take care of some of these these bad cases that won't go away. So someone messaged me a picture of the map, saying this is the map, but I don't. It's not really describing what you had said. Hold on a second, I'll share it on the screen here. All right. So, can you guys see that? Um. Yeah, barely. It's probably. Yeah, it's hard to see. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, that looks like it's probably. Yep. That's one of them. 
Yeah, it was my bad eyes. It's really hard to tell. I'm just looking at a little. It says Bayside Store, Route One, Blue Goose. Right. That that's the the first map that I mentioned that showed you know you just drew a really nice map to Beach Hill Road to the Flanders Road where uh, the bodies were, and then the other map was the one that with the contour lines and there's little X's, and each X indicates a body. So <laughs> this, I've, I've got it up here. That, that uh, map indicates as, as many as, what was it, seven or eight bodies are indicated on that map. Hmm. So Travis, if you're looking it's at that, I, I can oh, bring okay. this up. This is Google's map. So this is Beach Hill Road. This right here is Flanders. Right. Yeah, uh, Flanders, and then behind Flanders, it's like a bog. Bog road. Right. That's the Herrick Bog Road. So it looks right. like here it splits from Flanders into bog. Right. That was all really wild back there until quite recent. And they, they, they paved the road through there and started putting in a bunch of houses back there. But that was just wild as it could be. But um, it was... Um, when you make the right turn onto the Flanders Road, the the location of the bodies was the first and or second place on the left. Wow. Um, we do have another comment here. Uh, Glass Heater said, Jeremy used to bring me home after school for about a month before his disappearance. Uh, I was managing Belfast soccer and swim teams then. Jeremy ne uh, never did or mentioned drugs around me. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, most people Just... that grow drugs don't, don't advertise the fact that they're growing drugs at their house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. Probably don't necessarily need the ev uh, evidence out there that you've admitted to it. Got another... Uh, Hank moved to Belfast in 2020 near Pound Hank Hill Hill. Road. Is yeah, the spiritualist group seems odd and out of place. Oh yeah, yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a spiritualist place and a Ouija company and a Ouija board over there. Company. There's an Ouija earlier. board company there. Yeah, yeah. Where'd it go? Let me get I back didn't to know it. that. Um, there, um, that's a that's a weird place there. That spiritualist camp. Um. Yeah, Weezy yes, Boards US it. and then I, Temple I, Heights Spiritual Camp. I, I'd love to connect that to Jeremy's killing, but alas, you can't make the story that good. <laughs> that's uh, that spiritualist camp is um, one of the strangest places I've ever heard of in my life. I, I used to go there when I was a kid. Uh, one time, my mom said I slept with the lights on for a week after I went to one of their seances. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. But, uh, Hank also said he's heard rumors that Knight's Pond had at least one murder. Another rumor I heard was a pit somewhere. Do you have any ideas what where that might be? The the pit? Well, yeah. The Knight's Pond is where we took the canoe. Um, I told you, yeah, we rented the canoe. Oh, okay. And, and we were um, looking for a pit on an island. Uh, well, it was a well, and. Um, but um, to me, in Maine, a pit would indicate a gravel pit. But um, 
but I, is... I, I, I think, I think at this point, what's what's probably going to happen is there are probably so many eyewitnesses and people know what really happened. Sooner or later, somebody's going to come come forward and and just say screw everybody else. I know what happened. Yeah. You know, I'm trading immunity and ratting everybody else out, and and that'll be that. It, that that's can only suit, hope. That suit me just fine. At least there'll be a little closure for everybody. Yeah. So, well, well moving all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> We're just trying to make sure the phone wasn't going to fall, fall over again. Yeah. So, well, how much time do we have left here? Uh, probably like seven, eight more minutes, but. Is there anything you want to make sure you talk about before we go? Well, um, can you think of anything about that? No. Um, what? Well, I'd certainly encourage anybody that knows anything to get a hold of me. And um, I'm I'm the I'm the chimney sweep in Belfast, so I'm easy enough to find. And um, I, so what? The chimney sweep. That's what you're. Um. Well, let's just. Or do you, do you want your email? I can I can post your email if you want us to do that. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's uh, post um, mainchimney at yahoo dot com. Oh, that's actually pretty easy. Main with an e. Main with an e. Yeah. <laughs> mainchimney at yahoo dot com, and uh, main like the state, not the street. Right. And um, so main chimney at yahoo.com. Yeah, and I, I I seem to be pretty much the go-to guy, you know, with people that they can't go anywhere else. You know, the the criminals, everybody else, they they, they talk to me, they, they can't talk to the police. Um when Jeremy disappeared, that's that's one thing that really griped my ass when he disappeared was that whole group of that whole family of friends one by one they got picked up by those dirty cops and one by one they all went off to jail for this that and the other petty little crimes and just they all just started having the worst luck ever hmm. and it was like it's like gang stalking I, I don't know if that's the correct term for it but it was it was not pleasant for the, um, the 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 hippies that that were trying to find Jer Jeremy right over. He disappeared. Uh, I do want to ask you one more thing. Um, I had read or I'd heard on one of your videos something about um, someone had shot at your house. Yes, and, they had. And you can only assume it's based off your connection to this case. I would think. Well, yeah, uh, I I can't think of any other reason anyone would want to shoot my house and um and so and the the police would not investigate and you know if you know if the cops would have showed up in force and you know taken the piece of siding off of the house and hauled it off and and um checked it out you know against other guns used in crimes and all that <laughs> ballistics yeah yeah but they, it's still in my house. It's still out there in the siding. So, so Jeez. yeah, there's no police services here. 
not not for me anyway right yeah i was about to say that not for you but um but anyway but we're we we got faith we're all right we're in good shape that's good well we'll we'll make sure that like hopefully you know anyone anyone listening please you know share this out so more people hear about it there really needs to be like some some investigations done into this at least a little bit because it doesn't even look like anyone has done anything again it's anything you see online it's uh just regurgitated stuff every now and then you might see a little bit of a post that has some more details but oh amanda amanda did join us so she's the one that covered the case with us the first time so hello amanda she said just jumping in from work but wanted to say thank you brad for not being afraid to share what you know well thank you as well amanda it's nice nice for you to show up i was wondering about you and um so um anytime anybody wants to talk about jeremy give me a call like i said check out touch touch pants and then maybe we'll do a show on that <laughs> you have to have a, a rating on it probably huh um well it's 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 very newsworthy it's it's incredibly newsworthy but um at any rate it's you might want to look into it. it's worth doing a story on but at any rate are we set? yeah so if if you want to reach out to brad you can reach him out, uh, reach him at main chimney at yahoo.com it's posted there on the screen yeah and, um, and i just want to like show the... jeremy's picture again yes. So if you have any information in regards to Jeremy Ted Alex, disappeared April 24th, 2004 from North Perth, Maine, you can call the Maine State Police at 207-624-7143 or the Waldo County Sheriff's Office at 207-338-6786. And we'd like to thank you very much, Brad, for, for joining us tonight. And You're very welcome. Thank you. Much appreciated. Having. No, absolutely. Anytime. And, and anything that you want us to, to share out, absolutely let us know and and we'll definitely do that. And keep up the good fight. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, and hopefully you recover very soon. And and thank you everyone that's uh, that's been viewing and commenting. We we greatly appreciate you. We can't get these stories out without without you guys tuning in and yeah. sharing it for us. So it's yeah. greatly and, appreciated. And if you know anything, let me know. So. Absolutely, Absolutely, guys. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Brad. All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, everyone have a good night. Yes, thank you. For five-year-old Taylor, Taylor Williams led investigators to Alabama this week. So we have some breaking news from Florida. An arrest has been made. Tonight, after years of agony, a glimmer of hope for the family. Investigators spent hours searching through this house off Pennsylvania Avenue. What could be a major development in the search for missing Alabama teenager. Tonight, a stunning twist in the search for Taylor. Cases, somebody out there knows something. They want to lay him to rest their way, not by somebody else's way.